Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to A Plants Could Talk. This is Garrett. I'm your host. This conversation took place on May 28th, 2022, with my very special guest, Pardon My Cactus, also known as Julian. Julian joined me virtually from his home and greenhouse in Escondido, California, where he provided an amazing backdrop for the show and really shared a bunch of cool plants. So if you guys are listening to this episode on Apple or one of the other listening platforms, I highly recommend you head over to my YouTube channel and or Spotify and check out the full visual experience of this episode. Julian is a very knowledgeable and experienced grower and collector. He's been doing this for a long time and really was gracious in providing us a tour and sharing all of his knowledge that he's accumulated over the years. He has another page called Earth, Wind & Cactus, if you guys aren't familiar. I believe I have their sticker up there somewhere too. Awesome page. Really actually inspired me a couple years back uh, before launching Earthling Botanical. So not only that, thank you, Julian, for not only inspiring me um, in one way or another, but also listening to him talk about how he unplugged from social media for a year uh, really inspired me to want to take a break and kind of cut back on my uh, involvement on social media, my presence on social media. In the last few weeks, I'm sure you guys have noticed I was not my best self and uh, still managed to put together some episodes for you guys. A part of uh, having a platform like this, you guys get to see uh, all of my flaws and my roller coaster of struggles and uh, peaks and valleys of life uh, unfold in real time on video. So that's awesome. But uh, besides that, I am feeling better and I'm in a much better place. I'm trying to make eye contact with the camera with you guys so you so you guys can see that I am doing better. Uh, thank you everyone for riding this wave with me. I appreciate it and for all the love that you guys give me. If you guys scroll down into the description of this episode, you will find links to Mezcala Nursery located in Long Beach, California, Green Touch Nursery located in Bellflower, California, and big shout out to Plantly.io. I'm rocking their hat today. I got their stickers up behind me. If you guys aren't familiar with Plantly, there is a link in the description of this episode to their marketplace. You can type in Plantly.io into your browser or you can download the Plantly app from Android or iOS. And if you're interested in becoming a vendor, I've provided the link for that too. I've been selling with Plantly since the fall and have had an amazing experience with it. I'm very grateful to have connected with all the amazing people over there. And thank you, Plantly, for your support. Also, lastly, I am still hosting a fundraiser for this podcast. I've been crowdsourcing. I have an Indiegogo campaign that will be going through June 24th. I have already raised over 20% of my goal, and I'm very grateful for that. The most recent contribution being yesterday. Thank you, Elizabeth Proctor, for your donation, and thank you, everyone else. I wish I, I could name you all off, but I appreciate everyone that has donated so far and for the continued support. If you guys haven't had the chance to take a look at it, I have outlined in great detail all of the monthly overhead costs for the podcast and what it would cost to obtain some equipment to become fully mobile and in-person capable. We're getting there. I'm really close. And I'm also actually going to be adding my own funds. I have donated just to test it, but I'm going to be adding my own funds to help us reach the goal. So any support is greatly appreciated. If you would take the time to go check it out, I put my heart into writing this campaign and it just really means a lot to me. If you guys would, it would really mean a lot to me if you guys would just check it out. If you can't donate at this time, I totally understand. We have until June 24th. Also, I want to share with you guys something cool I got. So big shout out to Cactus Trap House, also known as Glassworth. 
he sent me this uh for our episode that was supposed to happen last week and i unfortunately had to reschedule but thank you cactus trap house for this awesome piece of glass and for the stickers man i really appreciate it i'm looking forward to our episode and i absolutely love your handle <laughs> i i'm trying to picture um a trap house full of cactus i don't know i spent some time in trap houses so um you know i i wouldn't mind there have there i wouldn't have minded if there were some cactus in the trap houses that i was hanging out in so thank you again for this awesome glass work glass work glass worth all right uh i'll shut up already uh enjoy this episode you guys i hope you do i really did i'm i wish i had done it um after getting better but it's okay we made it through and julian did such an awesome job so here is julian pardon my cactus julian welcome to the show Thank you, Garrett. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you, man. What a sight to see behind you. Yeah, I'm not complaining. Uh, <laughs> I'm usually not sitting down there right by the level of the plant, although I, I do like to look at them, uh, you know, with multiple angles. But uh, this is kind of cool. I like it. I should put that chair to here more often. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I really like the mellows being um, in the in the front there. Yeah. They look nice. I know. I feel like they don't, uh, they don't get enough... Uh, publicity lately you know it's all about copiapoas and things and uh, i think like mellows are pretty darn cool you know you're absolutely right man and i was just telling you before we started recording how beautiful your accent is you're the first uh other than big cactus rescue he you know he had the english accent but i love it that's right that's right well thank you i appreciate it uh yep <laughs> yeah you want to tell i try me? to hide it as much as i can but it doesn't really work it seems Oh man, I, I wouldn't hide that. <laughs> we Americans love love to hear something like that, you know. I I guess so. I guess so. Um, that that got me, you know, probably a couple of good things, you know. Sometimes, especially with you know ladies, I guess. Uh, uh, my wife, that is. <laughs> it works in your so, favor. It it has worked in my favor once or twice. So I'm I'm not gonna lie. Uh, you got to use it when you need it, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's cool, man. So what? Let's let's get some of that background info. Are, where are you originally from, and when did you come to the states? Yeah, yeah. So uh, as you can hear, I am originally from uh, Europe, from France. Uh, I grew up in France near uh, Paris, uh, in the Parisian suburb, uh, far away from uh, the New World, I guess you could say, and and the the cacti world specifically, um, I uh, pretty much spent the better part of my childhood up until after college, actually, in Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can definitely there, you know, say that uh, I'm, you know, 100% European, although I have been here, uh, it's going to be now 16 years. Wow. Um, and for the better part of it in San Diego, uh, with the exception of a year where we moved to North Carolina, uh, but came back because we just liked it that much we wanted to try something new and it just didn't work out so we ended up coming back to san diego north county specifically mm -hmm. and uh ever since we've been here uh it's been good that's beautiful so the vibe in north carolina wasn't wasn't doing it for you guys yeah i mean i guess you know in hindsight you know we didn't have kids at the time uh john and my wife went back to school for nursing and um you know you have a, a very different approach to your environment pre-kids, after kids. I'm sure you can relate to that, sure. you know. Uh, pre-kids, you know, you're looking for places to go, things to do, friends to have. Um, 
once you have kids, things, uh, you know, redirect themselves, you know, you're looking at schools, you're looking at, you know, safety or, you know, playgrounds, things like that. And so uh, in hindsight, probably if we would have had the kids at that time, we may have stayed, but uh, I don't want to think about it because that means I would have never been a a cactus addict and uh, I would, you know, regret it, obviously. So I'm glad uh, things worked out the way they did. Uh Uh, North Carolina is beautiful. I love it. Uh, they actually have a fairly decent, you know, mild weather. They do get obviously a lot of more humidity, but uh, their winter wasn't too uh, crazy. Mm. And uh, uh, it was a beautiful place, you know, places to uh, to hike and things. I love nature. So uh, that was great. We had a good time. But uh, I think after that, it was time to return. And Jenna has family here. Uh, and then, you know, with kids now, you know, it was really helpful uh, yeah. to have someone nearby. And so uh, we moved back to San Diego, and uh, yeah, like I said, you know, it's been it's been good since then. That's beautiful. <laughs> so, when when about did you uh, start falling in love with the cacti, and how how did you how did you find that? Yeah, you know, so uh, I guess during my childhood, I have one uh, story that I recall that uh, of me going to like you know some garden store uh, near Paris, and so I bought this one cactus. I think it might have been like um, like a, a fuzzy columnar. Uh, in hindsight, I'm thinking maybe Hagiosiris or Cleistocactus. I don't know. I loved it. Like, I fell in love with it. And I, you know, I asked my dad, like, can you get it for me? And then, so I got it. But then I must have, like, watered it, like, I don't know, five times in three days. Because I, <laughs> I just loved it. I wanted to care for it. And so I just remember, like, my dad telling me, you should probably hold off on the watering. And then it was maybe, like, a month later, we were watching TV. And then the thing just literally, like, broke in half rotted through the base and then just fell onto the onto whatever it was underneath it and i was like all right i guess that there goes the cactus <laughs> but you know i recall that um being very like kind of memorable yeah i didn't have that appreciation for it but obviously you know uh paris is very humid uh, it's definitely not an environment uh, the area i was living in nobody you know kind of brought me up to it uh that had a greenhouse and was showing me cool stuff um, so it's later in life, you know, after we moved, um, well, once I got into the U.S., um, the desert always sounded very exotic to me because we don't have desert in Europe. You know, mm. we have a, a lot of um, diverse landscapes, uh, but uh, desert is definitely not one of them. Uh, so I thought it was cool. Jonah hated it. My wife, because she she grew up in the high desert near Victorville, Hesperia. Mm. So like for her, it was like dirty, you know, she wasn't thinking like, you know, Pretty rock and desert, saguaros, uh, even Palm Springs. She was thinking like high desert, you yeah. know, plastic back tumbling with tumbleweeds and, <laughs> and allergies. That's what she <laughs> thought of it, you know. So, uh, you know, I kind of liked it. I really kind of started um, really liking the vibe in Palm Springs and Joshua Tree. So we went there uh, after we got this house. And then uh, I started noticing like, you know, when you go from plant blind to, okay, yeah, no, there's those are really cool plants, you know, and uh uh, it kind of coincided with uh, us getting a yard for the first time. We were in apartments, you know, mm. that's all we could afford. And it, and it was fine, you know. Um, and so uh, once we got our yard, of course, we had this big yard. We didn't know what to do. It was a, I call it a potato field. Uh, it still partially is because, you know, there's no grass, nothing. And so we're like, we got to get something. So it looks like a yard. And uh, so, of course, we went to nurseries around. And then from there, you know, things kind of snow, snowballs. We, we look at uh, nurseries in San Diego. We're so lucky, right? Um, yeah. I'm sure you know, you've been down here. A lot of people either uh, come to travel and go to the nurseries around here. We're kind of in that triangle where you, everywhere you look, you see plants that you don't normally see. Uh, 
maybe in other parts of the country, even maybe in Southern California. So uh, it was like within, you know, just a few months, things kind of started intensifying. I'm like, oh, man, this is cool. You know, and I was just getting anything at this point. Um, just like everybody else, I guess you could say. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how it started. And then, uh, you know, you can't stop yourself after that, right? <laughs> right. Well, I see you never stopped. <laughs> no, I never stopped. Yeah, this is, uh, it's pretty uh, crazy um, to see how much I've accumulated over the years. And and I've gotten rid of some, you know, and I've sold some, I've given some, but uh, still have a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it started with just landscaping the home and then you kind of started collecting more like potted plants and stuff like that? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, first, you know, it was more like a goddess style stuff. Yeah. Um, and then columnars. I always liked columnars. I thought they, they were so cool. So I had a few of those. Um, and then, you know, you start building your eye for it. Uh, and then you, you like also the smaller stuff. So then I started buying a few small stuff. And then I, you know, I started getting the urge to like, obviously sharing it with the world. And so I started to get the, uh, uh, sorry, I'm getting messages. My bad. Um, I started to get uh, smaller stuff and pictures of it. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I, people are going to think I'm weird all of a sudden I like plants. So I created a plant account just like a lot of us did uh -huh. uh, on Instagram. And, and I think from there, once you, you know, kind of get to know people uh, in the community that you wouldn't normally, you, you think you're all of a sudden you're like, Oh, okay. I'm not that weird. There's plenty of people that like plants. Uh, then it, I think it further intensifies uh, much like a lot of people I'm sure can relate uh, once they see a cool plant, they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, and, uh, and they have other people to, to trade with, uh, sell with uh, all kinds of stuff. So, uh, I think Instagram really has a big part of it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Cause it like really, uh, I guess you get attracted to seeing other people's stuff too. Right. And it kind of like, uh, plants the seed a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And you know, obviously I, I'm sure you, you would agree to that, but, uh, it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? It's, it's awesome because, uh, you know, you, you're exposed to all this cool stuff that you really never really looked at before. And, you know, it's amazing. Right. But at the same time, it's kind of, you know, you're like, you want everything and, you know, you start like wanting to get everything. And so, of course, you know, if you have a, a tendency to collecting and addictive, I guess you could say uh -huh. you're just going to go down the rabbit hole real quick. <laughs> yeah. Or spend too much time uh, engulfed in it, too. And then not like neglecting other things <laughs> that are important yeah, to you as yeah. well, right? Absolutely. Uh, and I'm glad you bring that up because, you know, uh, as you know, I was off the Instagram for a year, almost uh, just short of a month, I think. And uh, I needed that, you know, I think it got uh, personally, uh, not that it, it got the better of me, but I think that was one of the big things that was uh, kind of, uh, I guess, for me, like, um, not working well for me. And, you know, some mm -hmm. people are able to use it for a t as a tool. Uh, I got way deep into it. I was spending too much time. Uh, it's weird with COVID how things happen, right? Where, you know, we, we used to see friends, you'd go to work, you'd do this and that. And then all of a sudden, uh, um, pretty much your only social life was reduced to uh, uh, to Instagram. And yeah. so uh, I think it got a little too intense and it started, you know, kind of spilling into my private, you know, personal life. And uh, I think it was time for a break. And uh, frankly, uh, it was very good. I was very hesitant about returning uh although i do love the community i know myself you know and so i have that tendency like i've been back maybe for a week or two and i'm already like i'm like trying to catch myself like nope you don't need to be scrolling and keep scrolling like you're doing um so yeah 
<laughs> no, thank you. Thank you for confronting that within yourself uh, on the show, man. I really appreciate you sharing that. Uh, and I, you, I'm sure you saw you responded yesterday. I, I won't try not to share too much about it, but uh, yeah, a similar thing where I, I think it contributes to my ego too much. I become uh, kind of self-absorbed and I'm not going to say that that's what you were experiencing, but that's what I was experiencing. And uh, just even uh, just not present really as much as I would like to be. So I, I think I'm going to try to only use it when I'm posting an episode or, you know, something that I don't have to share it right after I, I film it. I capture something and then post it immediately. It's almost like you're uh, live with me in life <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. need to be like that. You know what I mean? Nope. I can wait yep. till tomorrow to share it. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's like I said, some people can use it as a tool. I think it's just like anything in general. Um, but once you, you know, we all have, and, and you said, you know, it was, it was isolating you. That's exactly what was happening for me. Um, so I, I had to make at some point, uh, you know, and it's weird because COVID in a way, like we were trapped at home altogether, yeah. all four of us. Uh, it, it tore us apart. Like it, it actually brought us apart. Like the kids, well, we were like, okay, you're not seeing your school friends. So why don't you go on your screen? You know, so we were more lenient with iPads and things and, and then, uh, you know, I was doing my stuff. John, I was doing her stuff. You know, I was either in the greenhouse or on social media. And so in a weird way, we were trying to get away from each other um, mm. when we should have been, you know, I should have been. It's easy to say, but truly it was a social experiment, as you know, and nobody's ever gone through such thing. And it was very challenging, you know, and it still is, you know, because uh, I personally I work from home now ever since COVID. So, you know, I'm always home and uh uh, you don't see as many people. And so you just, you do have to uh, get something out. You know, you want to communicate with others. Like we thrive on this as sure. much as we like to say that, um, you know, we can, we are self-reliant and we have our planned friends. Yeah. <laughs> we still need that communication. So it's a balance and uh, it's challenging one for sure. Yeah. I think that we're going to be feeling a ripple effect of this for many years to come. And you're right. It's so novel and who knows what, like they're saying that it could like kind of stunted a lot of children's development, you know, school children, cause they lost that face-to-face -face connection and became engulfed in screens. And then you got like, I don't want to go too dark, but you got child abuse on the rise and all these things. You yeah. Know, it, it, it's horrific and, and it's scary too. And so unknown, you know, so that was really yeah. responsible of you to, to make that decision, dude. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, I think it was needed. And, you know, I, I, uh, being able to take a step back and uh uh you know kind of reassess you know what i truly value and and the social media part mm -hmm. which is truly the community like yeah. i you know i have some good friends that have been never even met in person you know but i've been messaging back and forth and we kind of help each other out whether it's it's plants to trade or even for for tips and things i think it's awesome um but the downside is you know you're you're more likely to want to splurge on things too. You know, mm -hmm. you want to, you want to get that plan. And I didn't want to get into this. Um, I got, you know, I got in before, you know, I've been collecting for, um, it seems like a longer time than a lot of the people now that I follow because COVID I think had a big impact and we have a big, a big influx of collectors of COVID. And uh, this, with that came, you know, a real surge in prices. And, you know, I, I, everybody always like, Oh, you got so many copiapoas and stuff. And like, you know, I, I've never bought one for more than a hundred bucks, you know? And so for me, it was hard to all of a sudden have to adapt and say, well, I would really like that plant because it's really cool, but I don't want to spend that much, you know, like I, I'd rather grow it and then get it to where I want that just get it. And, you know, 
Uh, yeah. So it was kind of like where I was conflicted within myself, you know, no, I don't want to spend all this extra money, but man, you know, and so I think it was good for me also on that aspect uh, to pull back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that instant gratification. But the great thing is, though, say you do get carried away with these plants, as long as you're able to keep it alive, at least it's not, you know, you're not going to lose it. It's like, uh, it's not something that's just momentary. It's an investment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like to see it as an investment. You're right. Uh, I hope that's the case, but you know, there are a few casualties here and there. So <laughs> yeah, man. And so specifically, do, do you have anything that like, I heard you say you really appreciate columnar? Are there anything that you have? Like, a, what do you have the most of? Yeah, that's a good question. So, uh, you know, I'm a collector that will have, um, so a lot of, uh, I love columnars, like you said, uh, I have this really cool columnar actually that's sitting right behind me that, uh, frankly, I've never seen, um, I haven't seen much in, in, um, you know, in anybody's collections, uh, it's a Weber Bauer series and it's a Hordy Spinus. If you want, I can show you, yeah, but, sure. uh, it's, it's, has got really naughty spines and, uh, it's still juvenile and I, I have hunted for this for years. Yeah. Uh, it's got this beautiful green uh, color, but it, as it, as it kind of matures, it has like this really large tufted aerials and uh, I love it. I've seen it on magazines on, on, you know, on Google and trying to Google it. I'm like, I've got to find this. And uh, finally I hunted it for literally years. And this guy, after I lost an auction on eBay, <laughs> um, I reached out to him. I'm like, hey, if you have any more, you know, I've, I've been looking for this for years, please. And then he ended up selling me a, a smaller one, but it was like for a third of the price that the auction went for. And so every year I send him an update. Nice. Uh, he's a guy up in San Jose. And whenever he has an auction, like it's all like rare plants. Um, and uh, he's, he seems to be knowing what he's doing for years. And so he got this, it's actually a seedling. It's not even a cutting. So I love this plant. It's still pretty short, but uh that's definitely one that I love. So that was what, just the name, right? Weber Bauer Sears. That was, What's that? That was originally grown by the person that uh, they, they yep. grew up from seed. Yeah, he did. Uh, he said it took him years to get seeds, uh, but one year somehow um, he does. He's not. He doesn't know for sure. Uh, he had two plants and they pollinated each other, and that was great. He got seeds, and of course, he knew what to do with it. So awesome. here, here I am with it. I'm super stoked. So. I'm hoping that uh, I might actually have potted. It's still in a pretty slow, small pot and it has um, very porous because I was so scared of like rotting it. Okay. Am I cutting up? Or you good? You, only for a moment. You're back. We're okay. Okay. Okay, cool. Can you tell so me anyways, the name uh, of the genus again? It's a Weber Bauer Sears. However you say it. It's the longest name. Wow. But it, it's cool. <laughs> I've never even heard of it. That's yeah. very cool. It looks like almost like uh, kind of like the uh, from here like the Argentine toothpick a little bit and it kind of looks a little bit like it has some pilo in it because it has like the furry a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a, that's an accurate description and, and a little bit of trico too. Cause uh, yeah. it's got that greenish look. Uh, I'm not sure how it's transpiring on, on camera, but uh, it's really pretty. Uh, you know, I encourage you to, to Google it. I'll send you the idea. It's a great plant and super stoked for this one. So I do like columnars. Um, I generally, obviously, I like copiapoas. Uh, I have for many years, and I love mammalarias. I love all the mini stuff. That, you know, uh, I, I really get tripped out on mammalarias because they they're readily available and they they clumps. I love clumps. Like uh -huh. I can look at clumps and the, they bloom a lot. And so, I mean, what else can you ask for cactus? You know, it clusters, it blooms, it's got all kinds of colors, textures. Uh, so mammalarias are definitely um, 
one of my favorite for sure. <laughs> Dude, that Perez de la Rose that you sent that you posted the oh, other yeah. day was so beautiful. What was the variation? It had or to have red spines, orange yeah, spines. I guess it's a gold gold, gold spine, spine uh variation. Um it's beautiful and uh it's pretty rare. And shout out to uh Mellowist actually who got me that one. And to be to tell you the truth, I drove out to uh, Orange County I think it was a year or two ago, uh to get it. <laughs> That's how badly I wanted it. So you got to do what you got to do. But when he told me he had one uh, and he had a couple more at the time, I wanted to buy everything, but he, I, I think he wanted to hold on to the rest. Mm. So uh, shout out to DJ for. Yeah. Where else you can find it? That's awesome. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous because of the glitches, but it seems like we're okay right now. Uh, okay. I would love to talk to if those guys. If it's easier, I mean, I, sorry, if it's easier, I can go in the house. I will probably get a better connection, but it's going to change the background. Right. Yeah. Why, well, why don't we do some, let's do some more show and tell while, I, while we have it working. Cause Sounds I would good. love to see some more stuff. Uh, do you yeah, have, yeah. do you have a favorite in that's nearby? I do have a, fa I do have a favorite. Uh, it, like, like I said, if I had one plan that I had to keep, uh, that's oh my, my scenery. Goodness. I know it's not very original, but, uh, <laughs> I think the form is so beautiful. I, I love it. Um, it's not big. I mean, it's big. It's not like the big clumps that you see on Instagram, but uh, the perfection, you know, the structure of the spines. I mean, I think it really is truly understandably so. And especially because it's a slow grower, uh, one of the the price plant uh, of my collection. Uh, I love it. Um, what do I have here? I I brought um, I brought another little copiapoa. This one, this one is columna alba, but this one I grew from seed. Uh, in the last couple of years, and it's getting a nice little size, probably. Um, it's got this pretty red, close, neat spine, so I, I really like this. Um, I've been getting into growing from seed in the last couple of years, and I, I come to realization that that's truly what I like best. Mm. Uh, I love collecting, of course, but uh, I get so much satisfaction in growing from seed. I think, you know, with, with everything that happened and the big, I guess, boom in collecting and uh, uh, you know, short supplies and, and people going out to buy poach plants to to get their collections going. Uh, I feel like in a way it was a bad for a good because a lot of a lot more people uh, since COVID uh, have gotten to see growing. And, and I did early on when I started uh, collecting, um, but I kind of stopped. I was like, ah, well, you know, it's fun, but it's too long. It's too slow. I can just get plants. And so I got back into it. Uh, last couple of years and uh you know i'm trying to do my goal eventually is to grow like kokiapoas because they don't take as much room and uh i have a good base to get seeds so that's what i'm i'm, I'm doing now um and i'm going full-blown in it <laughs> do you know about how old that first scenario that you showed is about uh, yeah you know what i would say it's probably about 10 years old um okay this is awesome so i got this from planta seca okay. just so anybody can get a perspective if they've been collecting in the last two years i bought this a hundred dollars on ebay <laughs> and when i saw it it was buy it now you know and i was like oh shoot i gotta get it right now you know and literally like as soon as i saw it i'm like i don't even care uh of course it was smaller uh it's probably grown i would say uh you know a, a good portion but the the spine was already impeccable the form was great, uh, $100. So that was a $100 buy. And that was my probably one of my most expensive copiapoas. <laughs> what year was that, that you were able to get that for $100? Yeah, I know. Uh, that, this was probably, uh, I would say, like 2018, 2017. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, beautiful plant uh, that I got from him. 
uh, Planta Seca, you know, I used to email him before he was on Instagram. Uh, I, I'd email Bill directly and, and say, hey, do you have any copiapuas? And then he'd pull like five different poor, poorly taken pictures. But the plants were just like amazing. I was like, uh, I'll get them all, you know, and I'm sure glad I did because I mean, now, you know, I've sold a few and got my money back and more thanks to that. But at the time, it seemed like a lot, but there, his plants were really, truly well grown and uh, they were a little bit more expensive, but I get it, you know, supply and demand. Yeah. Well, given your knowledge of the market, because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you do have uh, like some experience selling in the plant, selling plants, right? I'm, I'm starting to, I'd say, uh, but buying, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, given your knowledge of the market, nonetheless, do you, what do you do? You have any like ideas of what's going to happen with this Copiapoa pricing? Are there is anyone out there making predictions? Is it ever going to level out? That's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think truly Copiapoas are slow growing, so you can't really cheat your way through Copiapoas. Uh, you do have to put the time in. Uh, you know, but you know, just like me, you know, I'm sure there are more that of guys that are picking up on it. And uh, my goal, I just love them. So I want to share them with the world. As ultimately, I don't know if I'll end up selling a scenario for 20 bucks in five years. It doesn't matter to me. Um, as long as people are happy and they're getting an appreciation for those plants. Um, you know, I'm sure it's going to level off. But, you know, uh, I thought it was going to level off already. And it still hasn't. You know, I took a year off and I wasn't really keeping up with the prices. Uh, being off IG, you know, I... I didn't buy a plan this whole last year. And so I kind of lost track. Um, yeah. And uh, it's still very much expensive. So um, like I said, you know, you can graph them, but I don't think they look quite as good when you graph them. Uh, if you want to do it from seed, you know, before you get a decent size copy of it's at least five, you know, four or five years. And uh, people don't want to wait that long. So they buy, you know, expensive specimen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, uh, can we talk a little bit about your seed growing and, and what that's been doing for you? Because do you think that maybe there's a part of you that's like that parent that really likes to, to grow from seed? Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I often in my stories, you know, I, I feel like, you know, this is these are my babies and uh, very much so. I mean, really, there is something special when you see your plant that you grew from seed um, getting its own flower. Uh, there is a parenting effect. Uh, uh, not to say that I don't like parenting my kids too, but, uh, right. you know, they're, they're a little bit quieter. I'd say they don't make as much noise, uh, <laughs> a little less rowdy. Uh, they do disappoint me though. Still sometimes, you know, you're like, you grow this plant and then, but, uh, there is something that, um, you know, no matter what, even if it goes on its way, like I've sold a few Kukipua's, uh seedling recently. And, you know, I always get like a little ting, you know, like I'm letting you go, but in a way it's like, you know, it, your dad and your kids going off to college and he's going to make it his own, you know, you got, eventually you got to run your own life. And, uh, you know, I, I have to accept it because the way my nature is, is I'd keep everything right. Mm. I can't, I want to share it. And, uh, and ultimately it's the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I hope that, um, people like that with that approach can actually help contribute to adjusting the market by just, you know, undercutting and being reasonable, I think is, is a kind thing to do right? <laughs> I very much agree. You know, I, I try to, um, you know, and people tell me like, wow, you could sell this for, you know, a lot more. Um, and, uh, I don't like to do that because I didn't get it for that much. Yeah. Uh, so I don't feel like I have to like, you know, recoup what I paid for. Sure. Uh, and I'm happy to share, you know, uh, I got, I got my hands on a few bigger clusters early on back when, when I had this, uh, 
contact at CNJ Cactus, which is down in Vista and uh, has a lot of specimen plants. And he was selling me like big clusters for very cheap. Um, you know, I turned around and sold them for like hardly more, you know, and I, I truly my goal was to share them. At some point, I had maybe seven or eight clusters of Azeltonianas that, um, you know, just a few months ago were going for five, six, seven hundred dollars, you know, a piece. And uh, I think I sold them for 150 or something like that, because, again, it wasn't my, my uh, and I sold it to friends. You know, I sold it to guys that were following me from, in, you know, from Instagram and guys that I've been in touch for years. And I felt like everybody was happy to get that. And uh, I'm glad I was able to contribute in that way. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, frankly, I don't like that it's become that. Um, I think in a way, you know, it's changed a little bit um, the nature of collecting plants and like, the you know, you know, I'm trying not to get to uh, everybody's got their own background. Everybody started collecting when they did. Yeah. But uh, I don't like to think of this as like a trophy yeah. that you, you're collecting. Like mm -hmm. I'm not a trophy collector. I, I do have spe bigger specimens, but somehow I got my hands on it. Uh, things happen. I got it for cheap and great. Uh, but truly what I understand, what I what I appreciate and I hope that people do, too, is not just to get the plant the way it is like i want to grow it i want to see it mature i love that and i think there's so much um values to learn from that the caring uh the, the patience that it takes uh it, it it's really what it's about for me and i hope that you know people you know that are getting lately into the game aren't just seeing like oh wow i've got this huge poet it's cool mm -hmm. uh but think about the years that it took from you know zero a seed to get there yeah. and make sure you know you're carrying that legacy type thing uh because uh that's the way i see it there's a lot of meaning in that man and i really appreciate that approach dude that's awesome um so you. when you when you're growing from seed do you uh, do you have a particular process any like uh tips on uh medium or uh what type of equipment do you use yeah i i got this uh you know, I was super sloppy. I'm, I'm not a very um, detail-oriented person. Uh, I used to, like, literally take the seeds from the plants in my greenhouse and put them in baggies, and uh, I just let them do their thing. And, and sometimes it was a complete flop, and then sometimes it would turn out great, and I didn't really know why, and I didn't really want to know why. I just kind of liked nature doing its thing. Yeah. Uh, and the, the worst part is I didn't even know what I was growing. So sometimes I'd, get, I'd, I'd try to figure it out as a ceiling. What, what is this? And... Uh, over time, I felt like, you know, this isn't really working. I like to know now. So I've gotten a little bit more in this last couple of years where, you know, I'm, I'm tagging. I'm even putting the date as to when I saw the thing. Uh -huh. uh, I don't have, you know, I think there's, you've already gotten some great guys like Tony that can give you uh, better, better tips than I can. But what I'll tell you is, um, you know, I have a really good rate yield from, you know, what, what uh, actually germinates. And all I'm using is um, a setup that I got on Amazon. That is uh, $70 and you get the, the heating pad and it's an allergen. It's not this fancy like blue light, red light colors. Uh -huh. um, and so it's been working great for me. Um, I take him to, you know, a decent size. And then what I do is I transition him into the greenhouse. And I think that really helps because uh, they, they benefit from those true, Euro, you know, UVs uh, and then that heat that's in the greenhouse. Yeah. So if you can get him into a, uh, a good transition where you're still kind of opening the bag, but uh, you're getting them to now they're acclimating to the real world, so to speak. Um, Cause there's always that delicate transition, right? How far do I go? When do I pull them out? 
Yeah. Um, it kind of depends, but I like to say, you know, four to six months is a good time because if they stay too long, then it starts backfiring. And you're using the same kind of baggy method that Prickly Punk talked about? That's right. Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, I do. What do I put in there? I like to put cocoa choir because it's very, fairly sterile. Um, but I, I do put some um, warm castings and I microwave the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as, as far as uh, minerals, I put um, uh, turfus is very good because it's small. Uh-huh. And so the little roots like to grip onto that. Uh, also, perlite is good. Um, but if you're going to put pumice, I usually, you know, I, I advise to use the small pumice. Okay. Anything smaller. Um, and then last but not least, uh, vermiculite is another very sterile medium. And it keeps the moisture nicely and it doesn't uh, suffocate the roots on those tiny little plants. Uh, so kind of this mix. And frankly, I, I don't have like an exact recipe that i use every time Mm -hmm. Uh, i like to switch things up because uh you're gonna get different results and so i'm still testing but uh it's always like a a little bit of all this uh or half of this and then half of that the next time um obviously you want it to be porous um but that's it yeah no (laughs) thanks for being transparent about that i really appreciate that dude yeah yeah and that's what it's about i think you know people you know when people ask me i share the knowledge and as much as I can. We're all, we're all testers. Uh, none of us graduated at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, the first time I ever saw you was on your other page. I saw you and your wife and I think your kids uh, building yeah. a – it was a time lapse maybe two years ago now. And you guys were building like a new plant shelf out of cinder blocks and stuff. And my, my lady had sent it to me. I was like, look at how cute this family is. Look what they're doing. Look at the, how nice their setup is. And I had no idea that was you until you sent me that uh, Tersheki eye. Uh, well, not Tersheki eye. Uh, what was it? Oh, it was uh, Chilowensis. Yeah. Yes, sir. And then what's the furry one you sent me too? You sent me another, a little very white furry little guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to recall. Oreos? Is, is it, it Oreo series? Yeah, I think it's the Oreo series, Senolis, or something like that. One of the old men of Mexico or old men of the Andes. I can't recall honestly, but I know, I know, I remember putting it in there. I can't remember which one it was, but I do remember the Chiloensis, though. Yeah, I the love Chilo's that doing plant. good. The Chilo's doing great. Awesome, beautiful awesome. new spines I on it. Love this plant. Um, I uh, yeah, it's funny because you know I uh, I mean this this page that we have. Uh, you know, obviously, like we started it, I started it like in 2016, I think. And, uh, you know, it took about six months and then it blew up. Uh, it was wow. a different time where the Instagram algorithms weren't like messing with mm-hmm. people's, you know, uh, even own followers where they can't even see your post back then. So it was still by chronological order. You know, it was mm-hmm. good old school, like what you want it to be. Um, unfortunately, no longer the case, but, uh, we had a lot of engagement. And then at, the, at that time, I think, you know, there were less plant accounts. So a lot of people were getting uh, inspired by us, which was cool. You know, we loved it. Um, and, you know, I was I was kind of crafty. I put like because I, I was I wanted like a, one of those tiered, you know, uh, plant stand. Mm-hmm. And then I looked on Craigslist and the guy was asking 250 for it. I'm like, it's just wood and screws, you know. So I, I built that. And so once we started posting pictures of that, uh, then like people loved it, reposted it. I mean, it, it's insane the amount of um, uh, exposures we got from it. Uh, you know, and of course, in and I built a greenhouse and things, and we had a lot of fun with it uh, for a long time. But then, when you get a big, big, big uh, following, things started to change a little bit. I bet. Uh, yeah. 
yeah you know like i don't know there were things that you know you start losing kind of like that touch mm. uh with the people that you kind of you know were initially with and you're getting a lot of dms and you're trying to respond and you're like dude i'm not getting paid to do this you know yeah. um and so there was a lot of stuff and it, it became almost more of a uh like i have to do this you know when i just want to be myself i don't want to be like i'm not like i said i'm not getting paid for this uh when it hit like a hundred thousand followers we were like you know just it was too much and so uh we kind of scaled back john i was like i'm done you know mm. and uh just kind of getting over it and it's a shame because i really like what we did uh so i'm trying to kind of like you know after a year of pause i'm trying to get it back to uh something because i feel like you know there's value in it um i'm not too sure what to do with it and maybe it will be for plant selling i don't know see i didn't realize that it wasn't i had always thought that it was like a like a sales page or, or you know that you guys had some doing markets and stuff like that so that originally it was just for the sharing the love of the plants then and it always was um and it always was uh, yeah, you know and you know um you know, and then and then 2020 came around and like people got, you know, all political mm. and like I, I just remember like posting this uh, this cactus on our front yard with American flags. That's just to give you an example. Oh, no. And uh, I said, you know, happy birthday, America. But, you know, I'm, I'm French. You know, I didn't think about it twice. And I know there was some unrest, but uh, I got so many hate comments. I deleted the post, which I regret now. But that's when I was like starting to get like, like, guys, I'm on the same side. Like, what is this? Like, are we supposed yeah. to hate? I literally had the same caption two years ago before that same thing with a similar post. Some guy wrote like, you know, an American flag on a Peruvian cactus that says it all. Like, you know, like oh we're some God. colonizers. And I was like, this is too much. I just, uh, I just kind of like started losing the flavor of like, I'm just sharing this page for the love of plants and I'm not some media influencer that you guys want me to be. And, uh, John, I felt that way too. And so in a way we started, you know, kind of pulling back around that time because it just got too much, you know, I, I can see why, man. And that totally makes sense. And suddenly without getting too far into it, but suddenly an American flag now stands for some kind of racist thing. You know, it's like, Oh, I don't know how it's become what it is, but uh, that's really sad, man. That breaks my heart to hear that. That um, it sounds like you guys really like had a passion for that, and um, there were people coming in and kind of killing the vibe. <laughs> you know? A little bit, yeah. I, I, you know, this isn't the only reason, but it's it's just kind of illustrates. You know, once you start getting a big, you know, following, it kind of works where you're. I I felt like I was no longer doing what I wanted. I was doing it for the others like uh -huh. you know what i mean like even yeah. the content i was like i was mitigating myself mm -hmm. on the content when before i would just post whatever i wanted and even if it was a crappy picture let it be it but then you know we would go back and forth and even sometimes with jana we would you know we'd start arguing you know because mm -hmm. like you know it'd be like no i don't think you should post this or or like we'd, we'd like work on like the captions and like it was funny stuff but like i know you should word it that way and this and that and we get like mad at each other and i'm like what are we doing? You know, so uh, it's funny. It's funny how that can kind of, uh, you know, work against you. But I'll say that uh, overall, it's been a good experience. And uh, if it's given me the love of plants, uh, at least enhanced that initially, uh, I'm glad for that. Um, uh, and we've met great people through it. You know, I'm talking to you today. I've talked to uh, a lot of people in that community. And uh, I don't go out to LA as much and meet as many people as everybody else. But uh, 
I, I, I do enjoy talking plants with someone uh, in real life, too. Yeah. Well, it certainly inspired me, and I know it's probably inspired any, uh, uh, any number of people. But, uh, yeah, when you have something that big, no matter what it's about, I think you're going to take some hate, right? Uh, it doesn't matter. You know, it's hard to please everyone, and, and that's just the nature of our society today. It's a bummer, but um, that's cool, man. Let's, let's dive back into the plants. Uh, you got any more stuff to show me? What else do you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did bring some stuff. I have this really cool euphorbia that you don't see very often. Uh, this, for, this euphorbia is from India. Uh, uh, so it's a, it's a euphorbia caducifolia. You don't very often see it. It used to be one branch. Uh, it has now branched out. It's very smooth uh, up until you hit those naughty spines. And uh, I used to call it, you know, the, the dildo of death. Cause that means if you, <laughs> it's really, if you've seen it like with one branch, it was just like the perfect, like phallic shape, <laughs> but it was like gnarly, like spines in between. So I love it. It's so weird. It's actually from India and then eventually it grows into uh, giant bushes. Wow. Uh, but ornamentally kept into a pot. It's just such a cool plant, and it will branch out, and uh, very unusual stuff, but um, that's one of my favorite, too. So it's indigenous to India. That's what I understand, yes. Wow. Indigenous to India, some region of India. I didn't know they had euphorbias there. I mean, euphorbias all over the world, but uh, uh, this type of euphorbia, uh, specifically the succulenty kind, yeah. and uh, I was like, this is awesome, and you see those giant, massive bushes, uh, coming out of the ground, um, caducifolia. That is. Uh, it's an interesting. What else one. do I got? Um, I love seeing what, what I love. It's such an interesting one. I love seeing like what what people bring. It's always so unique. Like that's that was not something I would have expected you to pull out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I just like you know a good weirdo once in a while. You know. No, um, what else do I have? Uh, you know, I think a lot of people. I get a lot of comments on this uh, very often. Uh, very common. I mean, common. It's actually a pretty common plant. Um, but this form has a double head. Um, it's a, it's a, a, a spinocactus coptagonus. Okay. And um, it's got some really naughty spines. Uh, I like to call it the um, Iron Throne, you know, Game of Thrones. It just looks like what, what's behind that throne in Game of Thrones. So I call it the Iron Throne. Uh, awesome. One for, each, one for each cheek. If you want to try, I'll give you the plant. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and then, you know, there's some cool stories about plants. Um, you know, I don't know if you know uh, of the potter, Joe Wojcik. I don't. Uh, you know, yeah, he's he's a really cool potter, uh, lives up in Fallbrook. He's, he's getting older now. I don't know uh, if he still does ceramics, but uh, I used to drive up. I hit him up and I'd drive to his house and buy plants. Um, sorry, buy pots from him. Uh -huh. And, you know, you'd get like, you'd get 10 pots for 150 bucks, which... Super wow. nice handmade pots. Wow. Very good deal, you know. The yeah. guy was so nice and he was pleased to show you around. And I would always see like he has this he had the side of his house was filled with plants and uh they were like left to dead. Mm -hmm. And um one day I asked him, I'm like, What's up with the plants? you know, and he's like, Oh, you know, those those used to be my wife's and you know, uh she's oh. passed now and uh, you know, I you know, I have a harder time, you know, taking care of them. I just you know uh, and so I kind of strolled around, you know, because they look like oh, super hard grown because left basically with just the little bit of rain that we get, yeah. uh, which isn't much. And then my eyes came across this beautiful Kopiapua. Wow. <laughs> and of course, you know, the eye that I have, I was like, oh, this is really cool. And it had like the little tag 
um, which unfortunately broke when I repotted. Mm. That's it, Columna Alba. Uh, something had the filled thing. I still have it, but I don't have it here with me. However, um, I was like, instantly, I'm like, I don't want to let this die, you know? And so I asked him, I'm like, hey, you know, you think, you know, you'd be willing to take, you know, um, part with this. And so he's like, ah, you know, he's thinking, he's like, no, nah, I think I'm going to, I'm like, how about $50, you know? And he's like, he thinks about it. So eventually he let it go for 50. And uh, you can imagine, you know, even though it was like three years ago or something, uh, that uh, this is a, an awesome plant, especially, especially because that was his wife. So I'm carrying it. Uh, oh, this yeah. is uh, kind of the torch passed on, and uh, he's a really nice uh, and talented artist. And uh, so this is his and his wife's. That's so awesome to be able to carry on that for him, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was I was super stoked, and it's beautiful. The form is like uh, I think it was so hard grown, you know, that the 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 spines are extra thick, you know, and uh, it's really tiny. I mean, it's not that big, and it's seriously grown a lot since I've got it. Uh, I'm trying not to water it, but just the fact that it was like root down in such a tiny pot and it was just not getting enough water. Do you know anything about like I know I've heard older collectors say that there was a time where it was kind of the norm to collect plants before it became like a it was like damaging the, you know, their populations like field collecting. I, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I, I will be honest with you that. You know, even like three years ago, before COVID, it wasn't as it wasn't frowned upon. I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, uh, competitions now, plant plant, you know, contests or whatever, they just recently forbid uh, field collected plants. They took them out now. You can no longer have them, and that mm -hmm. tells you enough to know that. Um, you know, I think truly, like I have kind of a little bit of a mixed um, feeling. Of course, it's wrong, right? Yes. We know yeah. that. Mm -hmm. However. Uh, I can tell you that if it wasn't for um, field collected plants at some of the, you know, a lot of collectors that are now growing from seed left and right and that have supplied a lot of the American market from seed grown plants that were, came from, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, you, it's the right thing to do, but uh, in a way that's contributed a lot. And um, I think truly the number has changed. The, the number made the difference. Mm. The volume of people that are collecting compared to this niche, you know, right. 10, 15 people that it used to be, it doesn't have the same impact on the natural habitat. So I think that kind of combined and then people trying to get vocal, which I think is great because um, people were just like buying this, you know, and I've been offered to buy those collected plants. I, I don't like him. Uh, I, I don't think it's the right thing. Even before it was found upon, I never bought one. Uh, I got, I guess, this echino cactus that apparently the, horizontal news that I got at a Phoenix nursery that apparently is field collected. I didn't know uh, when you buy a plant at a nursery, you don't think, you know, and right. I still wasn't educated. Uh, so, you know, sorry if you were taken out of the habitat, but uh, that wasn't my intention. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, I understand that, you know, now we're too many of us and we can continue to do that. It's not sustainable, yeah, uh, yeah. but you know, older collectors, that's how they'll build their collections. Yeah. I can guarantee you that, you know. 
That that's so. a courageous thing for you to address, and I completely agree with you. I don't know a whole lot about it. I'm not super educated in it, but I do know that that was like kind of the norm before. And you're right; the community was smaller. It was like mostly old guys that were collecting them, very niche. And um, yeah, it, it comes a point where it's like where you're damaging the population is when it becomes a problem, right? When it's causing irreversible damage or something like that. But uh, there probably could be a way that it could be regulated. If they actually were able to do that, you know what I mean? Kind of like they do with regulating uh, populations of, of animals. Some, sometimes they, they'll give people tags to go get these animals and you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and I think uh, ultimately, you know, um, it, the, that the sad, that's the sad part is there's always going to be some buyers, right? Yeah. Uh, there's going to be some sellers. They want to make some money uh to be more proactive because it's unfortunate but you know just think about africa you know if you didn't have reserves where people are guarding these places mm -hmm. to protect them uh unfortunately human nature is going to always you know uh, there's always going to be a seller there's always going to be a buyer um obviously education is big but yeah you got to be conscious at a local level and i know it's not easy uh, it takes money but uh that the, this is uh not just their nation's heritage but uh you know the the humanity's heritage yeah. and you know it's 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 amazing like the kokipoas that uh are out there uh have been there for hundreds of years um they'll be here for another hundreds even though apparently they go extinct you know um because they can't renew themselves there's not sufficient rainfall mm. uh so that's another issue you know what what's the ethic about this are you and of course you know uh you don't want to just take them out to save them because they're going to die anyways uh, when they're in captivity. But um, truly they're going instinct. So in a thousand years, um, if things go the way that they are going, probably won't be too many left uh, other than, you know, some carcasses, which is pretty sad. That is very sad. And I hope that we can find a way to approach this um, without getting at each other's throats, you know, um, meet in the middle and, hopefully find a way to start do, taking care of this kind of thing, specifically in Texas, especially, you know, things like that. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And the best thing you can do, honestly, I mean, of course, you know, you can be vocal, uh, but you know, if you promote seed growing and, and just show yeah. it in a place, in a, in a, in a light that really appeals to people even more, because there's so much more satisfaction than, than taking with a shovel, a plant that's been there for, you know, yeah. Uh, it, it you know it's so heartbreaking and instead you can have like the satisfaction of growing this from a baby up to a plant that size um i think that's really my way for me personally um to contribute to that is to like hey let's 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 be more active about this we can make a difference yeah on an individual level lots of lots and lots of individuals become a collective exactly it takes a, it takes a, a lot yeah a lot of individuals to make a, a community and i think Overall, we're, we're going the right direction, uh, even though for some time it may have been a little bit out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, any, any other plants that we yep. can, we're going to, we're going to wrap up here soon. Any other plants? Yeah. Yeah. You tell me, uh, uh, let's see, what else do I have? Um, Ooh, I've got this really cool euphorbia. I'm showing more euphorbia than yeah. I'm actually a euphorbia collector, but this is from, um, my friends at Happy Hour Ceramics. Oh, wow. uh, I don't know if you know them. Uh, they're a couple. They're talented uh, potters. Okay. And uh, Happy Hour Ceramics, uh, they were big collectors themselves. 
themselves, uh, you know, and recently relocated up in Oregon. And so when they did, uh, of course, they sold their uh, their collections. Um, they were gracious enough to have us, you know, come visit. Uh, so we came as a family and we, we hung out for a while. And uh, they sold it like they sold us like potted plants. Uh, this one is a euphorbia. Uh, and I'm going to probably miss uh, identify this, but uh, it's not as usual as it looks because um, it actually grows a codex upward. I think it's columella or something like that because it comes up. Uh -huh. uh, and that's also their pot, which uh, they made. Uh, so it's custom made by them with a beautiful plant that apparently he showed me the picture when he got it was uh, a tiny little one inch seedling. Wow. Um, really cool plant. And I mean, it has so much character. It's kind of like uh, going off to the side. and It's like uh, an octopus or something. And the octopus, exactly. And yeah, it's got man. that orange contrast, the green. I mean, it's how cool is this? Yes. You know? So, you know, when there's a story behind the plant, I'd say it's always better, right? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, and there's one more, you know, that I'd like to show you if I can. Yes, please. Oops. <laughs> so this one is uh, Epithalonta, but uh, this is from um, uh, Rob. Uh, you know Rob uh, Roy's plants? Uh-huh. Yeah, so he he sold me this plant um, maybe three, four years ago. And uh, cool thing about this uh, nice clump, which uh, everybody can see is a... Uh, flowering profusely wow uh there, there are a couple of volunteers that kind of inserted themselves uh that are turbini carpus valdezanius so i uh, once a year they bloom a different flower out of this pot and uh you pretty much at least at this point i think they're bound to that plant i'm never going to try and remove them but uh there's a total of three so how you got one happen? here how did that happen you know i i don't know i guess you'd have to ask him uh, oh, it came he's like, like that. hey, Julian, I have this really special plan for you. And uh, sure enough, you know, I, I got lucky this time around. I'm usually late whenever he does sales, but uh, he had that one stashed in the back and uh, he was cool enough to let me go. So I have Dude, some super awesome. cool pictures when it blooms. Yeah, it's, a, it's such a fun plant. I'd like to hear a little bit about your greenhouse before we wrap up. What did what'd you yeah, do yeah. there? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you want me to give you a tour? Or yeah, do you want please. To, uh, yeah, talk about it? Oh, yeah, sure. I'd love to. So what I did is uh, it's kind of cool because, um, you know, I started with a gazebo. Uh, when we moved in, uh, we had this. Uh, wow. This right here uh, was basically there with slats going across. So it, it felt very low, right? Uh, uh -huh. Because it was meant as a, a shade place where you would go and, and hang out. And so uh, I had it that way for years. Uh, but what, what happened is... Uh, you know, it was getting too shady uh, for some of the plants that I was trying to grow. And so I I came up with the idea of putting this roof up and just getting rid of the slats. So I really just built the roof. Uh, that was cool. I had already had the posts and that worked out well. And so um, that was fairly easy to make. And then, of course, uh, you know, we ran out of space uh, quickly. And so COVID, uh, that's the COVID extension, I guess, if you could uh, call it that, is uh, where I was like, you know what, I'm always home. I might as well get something done and so what i did um initially so initially you would you would walk in and it was a u-shape right so just like most greenhouses you'd walk in and then it would end at the bench at the end of it uh -huh. and so i ended up uh, sewing some of the uh end part and then open it up uh, once i had finished and completed everything inside and so i put this centerpiece to have like kind of a, my stage plants and so of course uh that gives it a cool little vibe in there. You can hang out. Usually I have the chair right here. And, you know, um, it's pretty spacious, I'd say, you know. And then I have on this side, 
I have a lower band shear because I like to have columnars. And uh -huh. so because they grow, low, you know, higher generally, um, I've taken a few out, but usually I have more during the winter uh, in there. And so this is it. Uh, I have it broken down, you know, a little bit between um, a mix. So I like mixing things, but I also like sometimes by genus. So uh -huh. you'll see uh, sometimes you'll have the same genus in an area. So I have a lot of euphorbias in that corner. Mm -hmm. um, I have some mammalarias right here. But then I also like kind of the mixed look, right? Where you have a euphorbia, texture changes and all that stuff kind of uh, uh, add to the to the show, I guess you could say. <laughs> what a fantastic focal point you've got there in the middle that you did such a great job. A converted gazebo <laughs> into a greenhouse. A converted gazebo, that's right. That that's might right. be the first time I've ever heard of that. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you know, you don't want to look at the details. It's uh, it's not contractor work, but uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, it, it holds up. We've had a couple windy days, and uh, you know, I, I went kind of fancy with the walls. It's all like this double-sided thing, which really helps, uh, especially especially because in Escondido we we do get a cold nights in the winter, mm. and uh, euphorbias are being frost sensitive, uh, will burn. Right? Uh, yeah. I don't know if you've experienced that those are my babies uh, those are the ones i'm hoping to uh to get to a decent size where you know i can uh, i can get, start like seed growing from those i have bigger specimens but truly those are my nicest i would say uh aside from wow, the one man. that i showed you <laughs> and all those uh were you know tiny little things so i've been growing them uh for most of those uh about four or five years already and so um when they were seedlings now they're they're a decent size i mean that those spots you're looking at are uh, four and a half inches, I think, wide. So they're getting pretty good size. So cohesive too, man. Yeah, I like the the size. Yeah, this they all kind of have the same size. I think it really, it, it really brings it uh, even out even better. The different like spine structure, right? Because now you look, you're really focusing on the way that their their spine is structured and the way they differ. There's so much diversity. Yeah, you Sorry? can see the way they differ. Is that what you were saying? Like uh, you can really exactly. see the way they differ because they're so close together. Yeah. There's not one like the other, and yet they're so close, right? Um, right. So it's really cool how that works. Um, yeah, so those are my babies. Uh, as you can see, they have, like, prime real estate in the greenhouse and uh, bigger pots, too. So I have, like, deeper pots for them because they like room. And uh, I treat them like, uh, like, like babies. <laughs> Man, thank you so much for doing this, Julian. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Garrett. I really appreciate it, um, you know, having me on. Uh, you know, you've got lots of great people on there so i really appreciate the invite and uh yeah you're more than welcome to come down if you're ever in san diego let me know would love to you know my partner's actually down there right now that's where she's from well hey julian I, it'd you're be challenging to bring everything you're <laughs> you're a super humble dude i really appreciate that you have that side page part of my cactus because uh, you know some people might get very attached to that large following and you just really strike me as a very kind and and humble human being man and i my favorite part about you is that you like fortet <laughs> oh that, my gosh uh, yeah and we haven't even talked about music and and it seems like uh it's pretty unusual for uh, americans to like uh electronica and electro music in general yeah um and uh you know one of my favorite band is moderat and i think you knew of them too and i was just like oh my gosh you know so many cool bands that i like moderat is, uh, is that? mode selector times uh yes apparat yeah that's See, an obscure you know, one that's an obscure one for I, sure i love them uh, that's frankly my actually the they, they just had an album come out like this last couple of weeks uh cool. i definitely encourage you uh listening but uh 
but yeah, you know, I, I, we haven't really talked about that, but I know, you know, you were in the rave scene and uh, growing up in Europe, I was too. Awesome. Uh, not so much, uh, but. Non- I said awesome. Yeah, I know. It's, I, I, you know, I had a lot of fun, let's just put it that way. But, uh, you know, it was like the free parties and, you know, it was the 90s and times were different, but uh, sure. uh, I had a good time. And of course, you know, electro music is uh, is everything there, as you can imagine. But, uh, but yeah, Fortet's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Kieran Hebden. And all the others. Kieran Hebden, man. Lo- love that guy. Cool. Have you seen him live? I have twice. Yeah, I saw him once at FYF Festival in Los Angeles. And then I saw him. Uh-huh at uh that place in echo park i can't remember what it's called i don't know it's like a small little lounge yeah you know i always think it's challenging for those guys because it's hard to make it a show right um now i'll tell you that i've seen moderat and they're amazing on a show uh they put up like cool show lights and and because he sings too uh, i think it adds but they were amazing on a show um highly recommend if they're near you to go check them out that's awesome have you heard of the album leaf they're from san diego the album leaf the album leaf yeah like a plant leaf no oh no, you I should check that out yeah they're from san diego i took my my youngest uh he was i think he had just turned two uh to his first concert when we went and saw the album leaf at the uh hollywood forever cemetery it was really cool that's so cool because you know what i was just telling my son for some reason he loves motorat and i i promised him that because um, they're not, you know, they don't cuss or anything. They're a pretty good band. I would take him there yeah. uh, if it, if they came to San Diego again. So uh, I might just do that too. Awesome, man. Maybe <laughs> but I'll check him out. I'll believe. That sounds good. Maybe one day we'll have to we'll have to catch it. When Fortet's in town, I'll have to buy us some tickets and we'll have to go. Please let me know. That'd I'm, be awesome. I'm game for sure. Cool, man. All right, Julian. Pardon my cactus, everyone. Thank you so much for your gracious tour, dude. Thank you, Garrett. All right. Appreciate your time today. Have a good one. If everyone could please like, review, and subscribe to the podcast and hit that share button, I would appreciate that greatly. Have a great day.